Welcome to Nuna's Do It Better, your weekly injection of all things BTS and K-pop. Welcome to another episode of Nuna's Do It Better. And this one, this one's hella special because I have someone here with me today who I've been kind of watching for such a long time that the poor woman had no clue that she was my best friend. (laughs) And I have claimed her and pulled her out of the chaos that is TikTok and dragged her along to be part of this insanity that we have here every so often. Um, you may know her as Afrocentricity. Um, I am grateful to now know her by her lovely name, and it's Jen. Jen, welcome to the insanity that is Nuna's Do It Better. <laughs> Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me and like be- being willing to sit through God knows what I'm going to put you through for the next hour. Um. You know, I can talk. I can talk for England. I can talk for Texas. I can talk. Child. So this is, this is a joy for me. Okay. I like that, that Southern twang just came right out. I'm very appreciative of that. Um, so I catch myself in my videos and I'm like, you need to pull that. You need to pull that back. <laughs> I start sounding like my father so much in my videos sometimes. So... But uh, we love it. We love it. Listen, we love a little I, bit of the mixture of culture. Of course. From, uh, like, you've got such a unique kind of perspective on stuff because you get to kind of go on both ends of this kind of Atlantic that we are straddling here and give everybody a whole different vibe. And I think a lot of people, it's probably why they're so drawn to you because you're not okay, I hate to do this. You're not just some American girl doing the thing and you're not some British girl doing the thing. You are comfortably in the middle living a life of, you know a lot about a lot of things from a lot of places. And that's rare. You don't get a lot of people with that perspective. So we love to see it. Don't hide any of the accents that are going to pour out of you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that because I think... Um, I think for the first few months on TikTok, on K-pop TikTok, a lot of the people who were kind of drawn to me were also not really sure what to make of me. I was kind of like this weird, you know, hybrid, I guess, like you described, uh, because I I do kind of see it from all sides. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But um, I kind of, I appreciate you saying that that's like an appealing thing. I kind of worried about that being a negative. You know, you always feel like you have to fit one demographic or another you know most of my followers are from the U.S. Mm -hmm. so sometimes I would think that I have to cater to the U.S. side of things but Mm -hmm. then you know it's like well actually 
it's good for the U.S. fans to kind of understand how this whole K-pop thing affects U.K. fans and fans in Europe, you know, because we all have a different experience. It's very, very different. And and the reality of it is that as K-pop is expanding kind of internationally, they are aiming for North America first, despite Europe having Mm. a very strong contingency. So... Yeah. That's kind of obvious. So we're going to, we're going to, let's get into finding out some more about you. You know what I mean? Because you're an interesting human being and I'm going to tell the world this. Jen and I have our birthdays a day apart and we're kind of close in age. And that just made me so happy. It's not even funny because, <laughs> you know, I needed another Leo in this chaos with me. Um, you. Right. If you're a Leo, you got to have a few Leos in your corner. You and have to. We're a pack. Okay. We are, and I do always find my July Leo ladies, and there's a few of them that are close to my life. So, hey, another one just enriches that pack even more. So, <laughs> I know you're in the UK, and we know you're from the US. Whereabouts in the US are you from? Okay, so uh, originally, well, originally I was born in Nigeria, honey. So okay. I'm a I'm a Nigerian girl, born and bred. Granted, I was only there till I was like one but uh, I claim it I hold on to it claim it hello that's some goddess (laughs) goddess history right there absolutely (laughs) but um but no uh my father's side of the family are uh from Houston Texas originally and um so uh that's primarily where I guess I spent my younger years but I'm a Navy brat my father was we moved pretty much everywhere I've lived any you name it I've lived there you know mm-hmm. like you know I've only really um we lived in the UK uh while my father got his master's that's the first time I ever set foot in the UK we lived in a place called Liverpool oh wow and um while he you got were his a Liverpudlian for a while I love for it. a little bit yeah <laughs> but um after that my mom fell in love with the UK and never wanted to return it's funny though because like if somebody <laughs> lives there I have such a love-hate relationship with England it's not even funny like I mean I, to this day I still don't feel you know I still I mean I'm married to an Englishman my children are English but I still don't feel you know there's something about home that keeps hold of you you know there's something about you know the traditions of home because the cultures are very different but um I do love it here, but you're right about the love-hate. I agree with that 100%. There, there are moments where, yeah, I, there's moments where I just think, I want to go back, and I'm like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, but, I, I mean, know, yeah. We know, yes. we know your mom, and yeah. we know that you're a traveling, you're, you're like a lovely little kind of traveler that has been all over, and you've settled now. So what else yes. do you do aside from being, you know, an amazing mom and an army? Oh, bless you. Um, well, I uh, am a writer by trade uh, and by love. That is, writing has been the love of my life since I was very young. Mm-hmm. And uh, gracious enough to be part of a, a nice, uh, very intimate, small publishing uh, house. And I do freelance editing, but I also do private editing through my company. So it's nice because I can kind of work from home as well, which is pretty cool. Um, Especially this day and age, having the ability to not be in an office is fantastic. Oh, I'm telling you, it's, I know when COVID hit and everybody kind of like had to change into their new norms and work from home and all that. And I was like, 
I'm so used to this already. This is all right. Like, you know, I'll do a couple days in the office if there's, you know, important meetings or things Mm -hmm. like that. But working from home is beautiful for me because obviously, as you know, I have a three-year-old son Mm -hmm. and um, he's uh, neurodivergent. So uh, daycare is not something he can do, uh, you know, like for full five days a week. Yes. Like, I, you know, he'll go for a couple days a week, half, you know, half days. Mm -hmm. But most of the time he's, you know, he's with me. So um, it all just works out beautifully. I'm very, very, very blessed to be fair. (laughs) And honestly, no, it's not. And and kind of like to just touch with a little bit of why I, I bring that up. A lot of people, and this is where I kind of get annoyed, and I know all of us do, especially like the older armies, it's forgotten that we have real lives and it's forgotten that we're moms and wives and sisters and girlfriends and whatever. And we have like a full complement of an existence aside from our love of K-pop. So just for anybody that might be, you know, glancing through this podcast today, no, we are not all teenage screaming girls that live off of their parents' money. It's just not all that thank you um no there's a, and there's a lot of money being spent in this industry oh it, oh there is when i tell you uh, mortgage payments are put on hold for merch sometimes like well i hope nobody's putting their mortgage payments on hold i'm just listen kidding. i'm sure they are those concerts were <laughs> <laughs> I mean that proof that proof limited edition set was expensive. So <laughs> I had to step aside from that one. Like, I'm gonna I had put to leave that one alone. It's like, you know, I got to a point where I was like collecting certain things and now I'm like, I'm gonna pause because all those prices got driven up. I'm gonna pause and I'm gonna wait. I'm then I'm you. gonna go do it again. It's like, oh, it hurts in no, the bottom you, of my soul and my wallet. It does. It, it really does. does. But you're so right about uh, like people just choosing to be like ignorant about the fact that um, K-pop stands are not predominantly uh, young children. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what it's going to take for people to start to see uh, us grown adult women and men mm-hmm. uh, and um, the gays and the days, of course, um, who are out here balancing both. We are wow. being very dedicated fans because we love this industry. We lo- well, we love, uh, we love the okay. music, child. I don't know about the industry. <laughs> the industry could be, you know, it's a flaming dumpster right now. It's just fun. That's that's <laughs> yeah, that's a whole pod. That's a whole pod episode in itself. That one topic, <laughs> the K-pop industry. Oh, I'm telling you. But no, I do hope that one day we become the face more of K-pop because I found when uh, I watch things like I'm going to give you an example, mm-hmm. Jerry. Okay. So, Hobie Palooza. Yes. Uh, when they gave us the nice edited cut version of Hobie Palooza, mm-hmm. I noticed that they would close in on certain fans that looked a certain way. Mm-hmm. But I didn't go personally to uh, Chicago, but I had a lot of my uh, friends and followers who went. Mm-hmm. And I was told that it was just such a beautiful plethora of ages, races, yep. shapes, and sizes. But we That's never so see that. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There was a lot of. Oh, it was. It's all right. It's all right. No there worries. Was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of newness there, um, and it kind of hurt my heart that I didn't see them in the main cut that was posted um, of of Hobie's set, and it we see it in DVDs uh, that we're here spending our money on. We see it, you know, things like um, 
the Jingle Bell Ball, you know, will emphasize these young girls. And I've even heard about the producers bringing specific people to the front so the camera can catch them. Meanwhile, the Nunas are at the back, you know, just as, just looking just as fabulous and wonderful, um, but we don't get seen. And I hope that changes. I really do. It makes two of us. There is a, there's a lovely video that circulated after the Jingle Ball just pre-COVID kind of era where there is a, I want to say she's probably in her mid to late 60s with her husband up in the nosebleeds watching the Jingle Ball with her army bomb. I saw that. And that to me that. is like an epitome of, of how divergent we are age-wise and nationality-wise. At the very, very least... The two people that I know went that went to Hobie Palooza, one is our lovely Nuna V and and they're Latina, and our other Nuna who is um, our Luna, she is our uh, other lovely African American young young lady. She's my age, but whatever, young lady. She's she's like a year younger. She gets the young lady today. She was there too, and like yeah, there was a sea of everybody. They they the politics that surrounds what they put out is absolutely infuriating because the reality is as much as I want to say we're the exception, we're definitely not. We are completely the rule as to what is there and what's forking out the money and what's showing up at the concerts. And yeah, there is a big I contingency. Love what you just said. Terry, yeah. I need to, I'm going to give you some clicks. <laughs> some clicks for what you just said. Okay, honey, that was everything. We are not the exception. We are very much the rule. And I, I, I mean, you can't explain it any better than that. We are the foundation. Older armies are the blueprint. And older yeah. armies take a lot of abuse. But so we stick around. You know what I mean? Like, at the very least, if we put it in the most, the simplest term, if hmm. at 1819, uh, OG armies who discovered BTS in their in their debut era followed through till now. They're thirty. Do you know what I mean? At the very absolute least, the OGs are thirty. So there's no way that people can say, "Oh, it's just a bunch of young girls." That is a fallacy, and it upsets me. It's like, as much as I want to think that the lovely Korean teenage group of girls that uh, obviously love them and squeal for them are the ones funding the their their success that's not the truth because mommy and daddy are not going to fund you know hundreds of thousands of dollars uh towards all these things so it's most definitely us um having gone to that now i'm gonna i'm gonna do this how did you find them what what was your moment of holy shit i am now a k-pop fan and how did that come about you know what i wish it was I wish it was like a happy accident or had like a more of a, a, a cheerful kind of story. But I feel like a lot of K-pop stands mm-hmm. finding K-pop or BTS in particular, the stories are not that happy or joyful. Um, mm-hmm. but the end of the story is, you know, uh, well, for me, I went through, I found BTS in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, it was technically the end of 2014, but I didn't decide to fully immerse myself until uh, 2015 and then mm-hmm. I was like right I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this army thing but I was going through a lot back then um, uh, I'm very open on my account about my struggles with uh, mental health uh, mm-hmm. I do have um, a very open dialogue with my followers 
you know, because I struggle with depression. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a dialogue that we need to um, uh, share more openly and really fight to get rid of the stigma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope, again, that's something that we can do. But, Absolutely. Um, we definitely talk about it here on the podcast because all of us have, whether it's depression oh, or anxiety yeah. or other things. Yeah, we definitely that's mention wonderful. that. I mean, because it just because incur- you'd be shocked that there's still so much shame behind mental illness. And, and Absolutely. Constantly. For that to change but yes yeah, so I was I was going through a lot back then um you know there was things going on in my marriage that weren't great um motherhood you know a lot of trials I had you know changed changed uh jobs or job prospects so I was taking the leap into entering into uh editing and and I had to intern first so when you intern, you're not getting paid because it, you know, but it, it's your dream. You got to do a lot of unpaid work in that kind of mm-hmm. industry uh, to get to where you want to go. So financially, the family was struggling and almost went into quite a bit of debt. And I felt like it was all my fault. And I had reached an all time low mm-hmm. and uh, ended up uh, taking a sabbatical or just some time away from everything. Uh, and one day I'm just, literally, I was just at this point, never leaving the bedroom. I was just Mm -hmm. in bed, depressed, struggling to even do my, you know, necessary things for my Mm -hmm. kid. You know, my, my husband had to really like step up in that time. Um, and I'm, I remember just side of my eye, I'm watching one of my favorite, uh, YouTubers. Okay. And he, he's not a K-pop YouTuber. He's, he, he's a, you know, regular YouTuber. He talks about current events. And, uh, but he, a lot of his uh, subscribers would tell him to, you know, react to BTS videos. Okay. And he always refused until one day he was like, fine, I'm going to check out these BTS guys. And then he <laughs> watched uh, one music video. And um, it was um, No More Dream. Oh, my God. Hell of a one yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. So I'm watching his video at the corner of my eye, and then he's reacting to his video, and I'm like, oh, who, is he? who are these people? Like, I've never even heard Tell of me guys. you didn't have that moment of, because this is the one thing I think is like, every time I talk to someone new about, you know, K pop or, or BTS specifically, especially with us in the, like, in our, like, I'm over 40, you're in your late 30s. I, mm-hmm. We have that, that vibe of, it's like the nineties all over again, that feeling of this music is hitting parts of me that haven't been hit since the good old hip hop and R and B days. Like a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like you get that vibe and you want to know all the words. Oh no, I agree. Because like I said, I was, I was like a zombie at that time. And for the first time in weeks, I felt something. I can't oh, tell you what I felt, but I was felt something. And I, it was weird. I rose up out of my bed. <laughs> and instead of just watching videos on autoplay, you know, I grabbed the, the controller and I was like, right, search. What did he say <laughs> their name was? BTS? Okay. I got off of uh, the, the YouTuber's account and searched BTS. And when I tell you, Terry... That was me for the next 48 hours straight. Yes. I kid you not. 
There's I no dive down that rabbit hole <laughs> like there was gold at the bottom. We okay. talk about this rabbit hole all the time, and people don't oh. understand until they fall into it. Alice in Wonderland had nothing on this rabbit hole at all. <laughs> I'm telling you, nobody warned me. I didn't know what I was getting into. And when I tell you two days later, I literally had my kids coming and going like, Mom, we haven't seen you for a What's going on? I, there was so much content. And, and it, it, it stopped when I ran out of music videos, because obviously back then it was very early days. They didn't have the massive, uh, uh, beautiful discography they have now. I ran out of music videos. Then I moved on to just like their normal content. Then I was watching variety stuff. Then I discovered this thing called V Live. Forget it, it was over. The minute I found out about V Live, it was over. It was over. Oh, they, I mean, again, not a lot was on there. They had only just launched it. Mm -hmm. But I then was just like, I need to be a part of this. I don't know what this is, but I've never, I haven't felt this alive in a while. Oh, and my God. You know what I mean? So, but at that time, you know, I was obviously, like, the whole Korean thing was very new to me. Like, oh, my God, I'm listening to this music. And I don't understand what they're saying. And remember, back in the day, there were no subtitles. <laughs> we had a translation video. And if you were lucky, Seriously. they might pick it all. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah. It was it was not easy back in the day. Shout out to all the newer armies who were just enjoying what what a wonderful uh, time it is to be an army now. Uh, you lucky wenches then, that have oh, wenches indeed. <laughs> but back then it was tough. So, but I but it was also exciting. You had to go digging for information. You had to you know, and then that's when I discovered Twitter and the the, the Twitter community and searching bts's information on twitter led me to finding out about their fandom mm -hmm. their fandom name was army and then i saw their account and that was it i made my account so we're talking over a period of like you know a good couple of months mm -hmm. you know where i just immersed myself daily into bts content and to every day i felt healed yeah no seriously Every day I felt more healed. Every day I felt more excited. I looked forward to getting home after like a tough day and putting on BTS content. Yep. It gave me like something. And then I started watching it with my eldest who now just loves K-pop as well. Like, I, like it was, I mean, he was quite young back then. He's uh, 17 now. So we're talking, you know, eight years ago. From a young age. Thank you very I'm much. I'm telling you. Army Honestly. But, um... But um, it, it just felt natural. And I think you ask anybody who is a true BTS fan uh, about their journey falling into it. I mean, I'd love to hear your story, please, Terry. But like, it just it was, it, there was no work. There was nothing like I had to like, oh, I'm gonna, da, 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 Honestly, it just happened. The funny part about my story with BTS is very, very similar to yours. Um, very much a really bad patch in my life home life money all that stuff my daughter at the time was hold on because it was like very early 2019 for me so she's a she's like seven um I was hitting this new point of a low where you know it's time to go on new medication and whatever to right. do with my depression and anxiety and I remember seeing a few friends talking on Instagram because I'm a photographer and I 
Instagram was my kind of go-to for stuff. So I was watching a bunch of friends posting things about K-pop and whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I, I knew two of them that were really, really into it. Although not BTS, ironically. So I, I shot them a message and I'm like, can you send me like a couple of songs? Something to just, I need to get into new music. I'm, I'm still listening to my playlist from like 2005. <laughs> I, nothing is taking my fancy except for the odd song. I'd love to see what you have to suggest. And the first couple of times I had someone suggest something to me, I didn't actually open it. And I was like so deep in my hole of depression that it was like, meh, whatever. And then the one friend kind of insisted and she's like, did you, did you do the thing? I'm like, do what thing? She goes, I sent you a link. You need to watch it. <laughs> so here I am. And the first thing she sent me was blood, sweat and tears. Oh, and wow. I drooled my way through this video <laughs> about seven times in a row. Because, no offense to anybody. Aside from Save Me, that is Suk Jinny's era. Oh. Now, opening into the video, I'm an art major, so it's like hitting all the cerebral kind of whatevers. <laughs> and I'm like, this was made for me to analyze. This I could write a thesis on. Screw the Mona Lisa. Here we are going through this. And then I'm like, do you want to send me another video? <laughs> so within kind of three months, I'd consumed basically as much content as I could get my hands on. I was getting all the compilation videos come through. And my daily was spent very much like you. Um, I'm going to go do my stuff. And then I'm going to put something BTS related on because I need to remember all their names and not be confused when they change their hair color. I want to know what all the words are to all these songs, but not just to prattle them off. I want to know what the songs are saying. And then, of course, you get things like Magic Shop and... Yeah. Um, when fake love came about and all these things. And I'm like, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. It got mm -hmm. to the point where I would listen to magic shop and I'm like, Nope, can't do it. The, the first two notes hit and I have to switch the song because I just start crying <laughs> uncontrollably. I have literally had to pull over with my kid in the car. And she's like, you couldn't listen to it. Could you? I'm like, Nope. Moving on young forever magic shop. And a couple of the other ones will just like hit me like a ton of bricks. So I found myself at, um, somewhere in kind of the end of the summer of 2019 where my friend's like, well, if you want to be able to keep up with them more, try Twitter. So here I am on Twitter and within about a week, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of women <laughs> and they're all like, oh my God, we have to show you all this stuff. So now I'm just- Love the Twitter group chats. It's literally <laughs> like, it's like sisters bringing you in going like, let me take your hand and walk you through this. Yes. Now <laughs> this, you need uh, to see this. journey. Exactly. And then they introduced me to things like ships and fanfics ah. and videos and edits. And you're like, oh, God, I'm already like a very, you know, I'm connected to my imagination quite well. And um, <laughs> here I am suddenly in the middle of all this chaos. So I gathered all these women after we had literally sat through sleepless nights during my first proper award season at the end of 2019. I'm like, we need a podcast. We need a podcast and this is what we're going to do. And I wasn't even a year into it at this point. Um, but yeah, they have definitely, it, they're, they're part of the family. We talk about them in this house because I have obviously kind of brought the child into the fold and she's only 10, but she's been hearing about BTS for four years, five years now. So her room is covered in posters. We fight over merch. It's great. Um, 
but yeah, no, the, these seven men have become a very close extension to our family and when in doubt, put some BTS on and that'll fix whatever ails you. Who needs band-aids when you have, you know, Minyungi? It's fine. (laughs) It's the most affordable therapy you will find out there you know and i don't say that i don't say that lightly because i know there is a stigma with people saying you shouldn't you know you shouldn't put all of your like mental health stuff onto the backs of k-pop idols it's not fair and i totally agree that you know we all need to be able to hold ourselves Mm -hmm. uh i mean that's one thing that bts preaches learning to love yourself also part of loving yourself is learning how to actually for those of us who do struggle with our mental health learning you know building our own coping mechanisms um but i don't think there's anything wrong with uh, especially on the weaker days leaning on you know your favorite idol group or your favorite idol even uh, you know if you like k dramas your favorite k drama Mm -hmm. to just be that little escape that little buffer when you're just not feeling strong enough to hold yourself up uh but definitely um this is not a unique story, what we've both shared. Like, there are so many armies who I'm sure will be listening, thinking, yep, that was me too. Like, you know, yeah. And this is the thing where um, the small differentiation for me from kind of the more Asian community, and by Asian community, I mean the ones that live in Asia and see, you know, they have a firsthand lifestyle that includes idols okay their culture includes it their media includes it on the regular whereas we have kind of have come from further away in a in a part of the world in various parts of the world that you know k-pop is not part of what we are kind of served on the daily in our media up until recently so i think for us it was more it's a little bit different because we had to seek it out in a way and we had to kind of struggle a little more to get the information and we had to struggle a little more to find what we like and how we like it when it comes to K-pop. So I think we develop a slightly more, for lack of a better word, needy attachment to it Mm -hmm. because it's more intentional on our parts, right? Other people kind of wake up in the morning, they turn on the radio and BTS is playing and ATs is mm-hmm. playing and, you know, mm-hmm. they'll see posters with um, Jackson Wang and Bam Bam and the boys and, you know, they'll, everything will be on there and that's their norm. Whereas for us, we don't get any of that exposure. We kind of found them and deliberately pull them into our lives with their music I'm and their content. Telling you, like the fandom structure that powerful mm-hmm. army structure mm-hmm. was only made possible because of how impossible it was to gain any kind of like consistency for international fans to have access to these it, men. It's very yeah. much like old radio messages and old yes. um, uh, Morse code messages in the middle of yes. World War II. You gotta pass along the info because nobody else is gonna know it unless you share it. So I'm yeah. telling you, the amount of uh, you know armies that will share content and mm-hmm. put it in private documents and share the links in certain group chats so that you know, because if too many people know, then they'll get pulled down and. I am going to kamikaze and like (laughs) let's do a a little moment here to our queen ducky okay queen ducky bless her heart oh let me raise off the 
right this now. Queen yes. Ducky, thank you so much for sacrificing your sanity <laughs> for keeping Army in the loop. Oh. It's a lot easier now than it was, but bless that human being. Although, I don't know if you know this, we all have a theory about who Queen Ducky is. Oh, and really? yes. Because there's not even like image, there's no images, yeah. there's nothing. Here at Nunez, because we have theorized about this shit way too many times in the last three years, <laughs> <laughs> we are utterly convinced that if it is not Min Yungi himself, <gasps> it, is, it is someone that he helps get this content to. Oh my god, would that not be the most Min Yungi thing to it do? It is though, because this man Oh my gosh. He does. He is the only one out of all of them that would be like, Yeah, I'm busy this weekend as he's like, you know, sharing files upon files with someone. It makes sense because of the speed in which her I'm going by her only because, you know, Queen docks for the longest time. Um this human being shares in such speed the things that are available it just doesn't there's an inside job somewhere you know what i mean <laughs> oh 100 percent. I... so this is kind of where we've sat with it and just to it let you know be... there is one more thing you need to know about this podcast we have one <laughs> korean listener just one and we also think oh. that that korean listener is staff because anytime we have mentioned I mean, every time we've, we, we had about a week where we had two episodes where he talked about really missing purple-haired Namjoon, and about a week after that, he pops up with purple hair. <laughs> oh, you know who you are, and I know you know you're listening. Um, there are times where we will say, you know, we haven't seen so-and-so in a while. I wonder when he's going to pop up. Four days later, there's a V-Live. Oh. And last year, JK's epic uh, V-Live, where he was wearing that lovely... I don't even know what to call it, that lace pajama thing or whatever it was. I, I believe they were pajamas with a little bit of see-through business going on there. That yes. was on my birthday, girlfriend. <laughs> oh. So, someone's listening and we are very appreciative. Please pass the message along that, you know, shit's about to get worse I'm here. I'm telling you, I did a video recently <laughs> where I talked about the fact that I am fairly certain that we are all being watched and monitored very closely it would be smart of them to do so it would be I think silly the beginning to miss the opportunity to see what's going on inside the fandom exactly. and move accordingly you know I mean, stay one step ahead of us <laughs> the plainest and most obvious of all kind of uh the things that happens that it's proof that they follow the fandom at the very least, as much as we joke about them watching the content creators like us. Um, when they had their permission to dance in Seoul and everybody complained about Wings going live and none of us got to see it in North America, when they came back to Vegas, they did Wings live. I don't remember anybody writing a petition. It was just all over Twitter. So quite obviously, you know, we were the ones that were begging for blood, sweat, and tears, and fake love, and wings, and bam, you know, they delivered. So we know that they pay attention. So hi! <laughs> Hello? <laughs> you, you I hope you're someone. enjoying the pod! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, one day, maybe they will. Who knows? Um, okay, biases, my, my friend. I We need to know the breakdown here. Right, okay. Um... <laughs> So it's not it's it's no surprise. Everybody knows who who the alt bias is. Um, 
who who uh, lives a hundred percent in my heart permanently and always will, Mr. Mr. John Jungkook. Uh, yes, I, uh, I. But I can't say that he was my first bias. No, no. So who was the first? Uh, so the first bias. <laughs> you'll never believe this. <laughs> the first bias was Jimin. I, I think because I used to also dance. Um, yes. Back in the day, I was I was part of a dance crew, and um, dance was a bit. I actually thought that was going to be something I pursued uh, mm-hmm. as a future career. Um, but I appreciated his uh, talent, his skill. He really just stood out to me uh, as a trained dancer. I mm-hmm. don't know. I, I have a thing for men that can dance. So um, the way he would just control his body and certain movements, and Jimin always has this very self over here, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he has this very unique way of hitting the choreo. I mean, all BTS hits their choreographies very uniquely. Like mm-hmm. it, it's 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 uniform, but it's uniform with with identity. It has personality. Each person will hit moves a certain way. It, it doesn't it's feel hard. like. Um a bunch of ballerinas at the back of the nutcracker it exactly. feels like you know you exactly can't, you can't pull one for, out of the lineup yes but um jimin just always had this you know his extensions would just look a little bit more mm-hmm. you know 100 percent straight or the way he would lift a leg or the way he would land and you know obviously he was the king of tumbling back then you know back in the early days they had jimin tumbling all over the place <laughs> well i used to always love that that was like my dad used to get me excited, like, oh, he's gonna tumble, he's gonna tumble, you know. Um, so yeah, Jimin was the bias, but I tell you, when I tell you that lasted all of, I don't know, a week, maybe two <laughs> weeks. Um, but then this uh, this person kept just catching my <laughs> my attention. It was um, a five, wasn't it? Well, let's be real. <laughs> he was a lot younger back when I first started standing. Of course. And um, so I just was like, for me, it was just like, it was annoying. I was like, can you, you know, you've got this, you know, you got this twinkle in your eyes, sir. Because you could always tell that JK was going to be a star, even when you could, he was so shy. He was. And so, yeah, it just looked like he wanted to sink into the arms of Jin and hide there kind of thing most of the time. Or whatever. Yes, in those broad shoulders. But there was something in his eyes when he performed, you could see he was gonna be a star. So we, I would we, I would pay attention to JK, mm-hmm. like, but there was never this thing of like bias. And I didn't even know what a bias was. Remember, I was new, so I didn't really yeah. know understand about the bias thing. So then the next bias, when I finally was like educated, because I also joined the group chat. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, of ladies who were similar age to me, which was kind of nice. I found like a little community of ladies who were like my age. Because mm-hmm. on Twitter, you got a lot more of the younger stands who are a little bit more vocal on Twitter than the older stands. The older stands t- tend to kind of fall back a little bit and just quietly stand. Whereas on TikTok, I feel like we've got more of a voice. Yes, um, we do. Yes. Yeah, so I uh, I joined this group chat and they were teaching me and they were all non-June stands. Oh, God. With all of them non-June stands. And there was like one Jimin stand. And little did I know they were like just subliminally like, you know, converting me into a non stand. So I became <laughs> officially a non stand for the next, I think it was like two, maybe maybe two years up until I want to say 
Oh, how long have I been studying JK? I think we're on five years now. So when was that? You know, whenever you do the math. Like, um, teenish and like uh, fake love-ish and fake, fake, fake love era probably is what sealed the deal. Please yeah. don't judge me. It's not because he got his abs out. <laughs> Please the don't abs judge helped. me. The abs helped, but the it's not. The abs nearly abs. shut down the whole internet. Um, I was going to say anything about fake love era, JK. It wasn't the abs, boys and girls. Although. Although. <laughs> Listen, the man's built. It's fine. I think what it is oh. about that particular era is that JK finally hit that duality that knocks you on your ass. Because up until then, he always carried, even in like blood, sweat, and tears, where he's sucking on that goddamn lollipop, and you sit there and you're like, you know, you're too young for me to be thinking about this. It's yeah, can right. you move? That was, I used to get mad at him. Like, I used to like, what are you doing, sir? It's <laughs> Go over there. I'm, so you, let me you look find- at him. Exactly. You get to fake love era and suddenly he is not a baby no more. And that duality comes out in his performance and those angry eyes come out in those in that performance. So suddenly it's like, oh, he grown now. What just and I happened? Feel like, I, Terry, I feel like he really wanted to show us that side. I feel like um, because Hybe or as they were back then, Big Hit, were not ones to, I think, enforce that the guys do certain things. Um, I feel like they're the kind of company who, you know, they wouldn't necessarily say, JK, you must now show your abs in this no. era. We want I you to pull your shirt up and show your abs and be sexy. I feel like they all have a lot of input when it comes to their choreo, but also their imagery, also their styling. And I don't know, I feel like there might have been a big hand. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, you know, going off of my own, you know, instinct of what I think, but I feel like JK probably was like, it's time for me to, to, to show the hell out. Like, no more bunny ears. No more, yeah. you know what I mean? Baby coo. No more, like, baby bonnets and, and, and pacifiers. Yeah, no. um, I'm a man, and I want to embody that. I've been working hard on my body. You know, oh, and I'm going to show it, and I'm going to hopefully ARMY will enjoy it. And, I'm going and to I think that was definitely... Yeah, I agree. I think that was the, the moment his duality really came And through. And just to be a thirsty mo- Nuna for half a minute, we all want to be Please working do. on his body. Okay, but that's a full other story. <laughs> Take a number, bitches. Um, but the reality Ooh, the, is... The line is long. The line is long. I literally had that discussion oh, with a nation for JK. I mean, we've all just agreed to learn to share because there's yeah. no point trying to compete with each other and fight. So but we're sister wives real... <laughs> that's right so anyone who any this is anybody listening who thinks that you're gonna say no i'm jk's number one no we don't do that here no. jk stands and no. there's an understanding that we all are going to share <laughs> share no. him and we're going no. to play nice that's kind of how it goes we are all fully and this is as rude as it's gonna get we are all fully and completely available our spouses and husbands all know that it's in the contract i tell everybody this period it's in the subclaw exactly any one of these men walks up and says i want you you don't even call your husband to say anything you just be like mm, goodbye where are you taking me how long do you need me i just need to call a sitter thanks a hundred percent and, and it's just understand it's understandable it. clap and that's it that's all we do 
So, but yeah, the era with JK, I think, and that's that was the one thing. I think prior to Young Forever kind of era, they had a little more of, because I know we had, we've talked about this in the past here on the show where Jimin did have to be more masculine and match up with the bulletproof boys and their look. And once they hit their stride and they started gaining their popularity, all those facades were dropped and everybody could be who they needed to be. Um, because I think being bullied within the industry kind of forced Bang PD's hand as to what content they were putting out. Um, but after that point, and then finally full stride and kind of fake love and moving forward kind of in um, the love yourself kind of eras, that's when finally you know, the big old fuck it came along and they're like, you know what? No, I'm this, I'm that. This is what you're getting. This is what I'm feeling. And yeah, their bodies start coming into play more and them being all masculine in their own very individual ways starts coming out. So I totally get why, you know, Cookie is is your bias. Um, For me, because I know most of the listeners know, but I'm going to fill you in. I started off as a Sukhachini bias because blood, sweat and tears kind of had me feeling away and it didn't last very long because then my ass saw Nanjun and well you know it's yeah. it's El Presidente he is who he is <laughs> I but always say Nanjun doesn't have to be a bias he's just up there he's everybody's he's just, bias you know really like in a weird is. way mm-hmm. and then it kind of shifted into end of 2019 uh, Young and that frilly collared shirt doing Dionysus where I just about fell on my knees so <laughs> now we are officially a triple bias with you know Tay at the at the helm Namjoon very closely behind and mm-hmm. Cookie is there because I dress more like him than I care to admit <laughs> oh why are we so in sync I, I that was one of the reasons as well that I you know felt a connection with JK we literally have the same wardrobe I'm like here. I'm a hoodie enthusiast. I collect hoodies. I collect um, just like like I love oversized tees. Like a lot of the time when I'm not like going to work or like going to you know if I'm going out with the girls or whatever. Like most of yeah. the time I'm dressed like I'm dressed like a dude. Like I'm just like I'm, I love uh, being comfortable. I would choose comfort over anything else. Exactly. And JK was always the one that was like choosing comfort. There was a certain mm-hmm. point. If you notice, if you look at all the past airport picks, right? Earlier in in Tan's history, they used to go to the airport looking like they're about to hit, you know, fashion week. I know. Tight ass jeans. Like, who's going to sit on a 12-hour flight in them jeans? But they obviously were doing it to Jimin. Yeah. (laughs) Jimin's never changed. But the other guys, you see now that they're more established. Because back then, they had to show the clothes. Those clothes were actually being provided by certain Korean designers who were like, please wear my outfit to the airport because yep. then it, it, you know, it gets them sales. So they were doing it as far as like, you know, to get themselves a little bit extra money, you know, mm-hmm. but now that they're established, you know, my, my, my boo went, went to Qatar in Birkenstocks, uh, parachute pants and a black tee. Like I'm telling you, JK, he knows I'm getting on a plane. Oh my, God. <laughs> my ass is going to be calm. Because I'm looking down at myself right now and I'm wearing like high-waisted baggy men's jeans, a black t-shirt. I literally have a Yoongi ball cap with the two rings from like Wings era that I wear to death and a black hoodie. And that, and if I tell you, 
you remember those um jk went through a phase of wearing those um black nike hiking boots i literally own a pair and that is what i oh, wear wow. 24 <laughs> so i'm just like this is me i am it looks like i've gone into his closet and stolen shit it's amazing <laughs> that is constantly i would love the I'm... opportunity to raid his closet like, Listen, I, I want to be his best friend. So next, I, I think that should <laughs> be like, great. If you've traveled more than X amount of miles to come to one of our concerts, yep. you get to pick a T-shirt out of our closet. Yes. I think I put, I'm putting a petition out. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna demand. Y- y'all are our boyfriends anyway. The least we can do is be getting something exactly. that teaches out of this deal. <laughs> oh I think God. it's only fair. It's only it's, fair. Please. It's only fair. And you know, we can be Delulus on this podcast. It's totally fine. It's a thing that we do, and it's fun. Yeah. Oh, completely. Um. <laughs> so okay, we have our bias list. Yeah. I have to. Well, inform, yes. I have to inform you that. Here at the podcast, we basically have decided that although we all have our biases, it's very much it's a train and we just don't care what order it's in either. Just putting that out there into the universe. <laughs> we have zero shame about this. Um, but yeah, uh, what songs I want to know what songs are your go to? Like when you start that mixed playlist on your on your phone, what is the one that you like starting with the most? Right. Hmm. I'm a sucker for Save Me. Save Me has been a song that I'm telling you right now. Save Me is a song that I think deserved so much more. Mm -hmm. But obviously the rest of ARMY maybe don't feel that way. But I I, Save Me was just a genius in production and arrangement. When you listen to Save Me and the way they put that song together. The The layering, the beats. Yes, that music video. That one shot style music video that they did where like it was just like if you mess up we have to literally start from scratch. I like, don't know just... what parallel universe you are from but that is literally <laughs> my go-to. I cried <laughs> I cried in LA when they started doing Save Me. Like I could not contain my anything because Save Me came on and I was gone. Half of the song is a blur because I cried through it. So, oof. <laughs> I'm, I, I just, I just, I don't know if I'm more of a BTS ballad girl or a BTS like hype song girl, but I felt like Save Me was a nice contrast of both. Yeah. Like a nice mix of like vocals, but then you had that beat that was like. And the little yeah, dance. No, I, I, um, but, yes. And oh. everyone, that was an era where everyone as well. Uh, that was Listen, a very Sook powerful Ginny era in that visually. Yeah, Sukjini is probably one of the, like, that is probably one of his best eras as far as I'm concerned. Like, mm-hmm. K-drama worthy, lead actor, mm-hmm. shove him in there, just let him break all the hearts <laughs> and go away, kind of. Because that was kind of where I was still a Sukjini stand mainly. And it was just like, oh, I cannot deal but then, you know, the other boys did their thing. Um, yeah, no, that's funny that Save Me is also your fave. That one. And um, Luna and I have decided that Blood, Sweat, and Tears has to play at our funeral. And it's going to be a Viking-style funeral. Oh. And we are going off. We're getting set a sail in purple satin while Blood, Sweat, and Tears plays. Oh. 
And we want, well, we originally wanted an arrow sending us up in flames, but they came out with dynamite. So we decided it had to be dynamite. <laughs> We're like, that's it. Dynamite, is, dynamite is, is like, dynamite's like my guilty pleasure song, though. Because, like, mm-hmm. I know, I mean, dynamite's a great song, but it shouldn't be the sort of song that's like, for me, the sort of song that I would play religiously, but I do. I, I never know, skip dynamite. It's funny it that you say me. that, yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely one of those things that we're like as proper k-pop and bts stands in this army it is mildly offensive that they felt the need to put something out that is completely english because you know we enjoy their korean stuff and their language and everything but also you're kind of like okay but it's kind of cool and why does it have such a good beat and why am i getting michael jackson's from the mid 90s vibes Vibes from it yes why do I want to dance around like a maniac and jump around like I'm 15 again? Fine, we're gonna like dynamite. It's okay. <laughs> it definitely has that very guilty pleasure kind of vibe, and you can't help but be like, I love this. It so, makes you feel good, and I, I appreciate them. I mean, I know they weren't really part of the writing team as far as the song, uh, but the um, what they brought to it, their energy. Um, I don't know. I like Dynamite is definitely my. It's like a little happy injection song for me. Exactly, and we um, all need that. And a lot of their music was so heavy with meaning always that it's nice mm-hmm. to have actual pop in the mix of it. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, I think okay. the are split with that. But, yes. um eh, I, I appreciated the break <laughs> from from the deep exactly. stuff and the theories, well, but yeah. yeah followed it followed right on the heels of b and b was basically a love letter to covid and how depressed we all got so we needed the sunshine and rainbows and you know glitter happening Mm -hmm. so it's totally justifiable now okay i don't know if you've seen them live or if you've had the chance to be at a concert what would be okay so have you seen or what is the song that you wish you would have seen live that you know the one that that one special thing that you wish you could have seen performed live or have seen and you enjoyed the most live oh okay so uh I didn't get a chance to experience the wings tour because they didn't tour they didn't bring the tour to the to Europe or the yeah no so um I had to watch vicariously kind of through pictures and things on Twitter and um, the one performance I wish I could have experienced was uh, JK performing Begin. Oh, um, I got goosebumps. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can't tell you, like, especially after watching some of the background stuff of during that time where we find out, you know, when he nearly passed out and mm-hmm. all the work that he put his body through yep. uh, during that time. But that song, that choreo, and to be able to have such a stable vocal and do that choreo, I, I watched clips and, and of, of that performance with my, my jaw on the floor every time, mm-hmm. even today, because... Um, he really showed out. He showed mm-hmm. out. That I would have loved to have seen that live 
But another performance that I'm so honored that I got to see live was him singing Euphoria at Wembley oh. Stadium. That oh, you were at Wembley? I oh. was. <laughs> oh, best. That I was. I was. Girl, I was nearly nine months pregnant at Wembley oh. with my three-year-old. And, uh, baby, right I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. If I had given birth to that child in that day, I would have expected a, a free BTS concert ticket for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. do I get a prize for having yeah, a baby in the stadium? No, he held it. He held in there. He held in there. But that was a very emotional, beautiful experience to be oh. at Wembley Stadium. That is something uh, I share with new armies all the time. Whenever I have somebody that's newer, I'm like, this is what you need to watch to understand what they do to us and what we do to them and why we love mm-hmm. them so much. Mm-hmm. That is like the epitome. Oh, euphoria at Wembley. The, the levels of jealousy right now skyrocketed, <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, it was it definitely, it was, uh, that was, a uh, that was a game changer. really was. I mean, the whole show was, was amazing. But to see him up there, like, you know, flying above the crowd, waving that big smile, just just enjoying and embodying the whole performance and just being confident. And oh, that's amazing. You know, I could talk about JK all day. Let me not waste the pod, child. Talk about JK. This podcast is not a news podcast, okay? Just so you know. <laughs> We don't even try to keep up with our shenanigans. <laughs> I think it's nice, though. It's really nice to just talk naturally, army to army, and yeah. share experiences. It's beautiful because your your listeners will, who are also armies, you know, they're going to just feel like, especially because, you know, one thing that makes me sad is a lot of armies out there who don't have army friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of armies who don't have army friends, so... Things like podcasts like this, it's like you, you know, it's like you get to sit and talk about being an army with a bunch of army friends. Uh, I always encourage my followers on TikTok uh, to befriend each other, to follow each other, even if yeah. they don't make content, because so many people have to kind of stand alone. And there's something about sharing it that makes it so much better. And it's, you know, I encourage people to join group chats, make of friends. Because it just heightens the whole experience. The other thing is that I I feel a lot of people don't realize is, especially again, because we talked about kind of the differentiation between Korean and Asian stands and us that are far, Mm. far away. Um, We kind of sit in, it's bad enough most of us have mental health issues that have to deal with and have to be ostracized about. We also get ostracized about our choice of music. And it's, it's a very hard place to be when you think you're the only one um or that you just see like maybe the odd thing on twitter but none of your friends live close to you it's it's such a big community but we're so it feels like some cultural diaspora that we're like all over the place and totally kind of spread out the reality is we're far closer than we think thanks to kind of the internet but yeah this is why this podcast it started off as trying to keep up with the news and it's turned into you know what grab a cup of coffee come and laugh with us being ridiculous you're not the only one that thirsts or misses them or reads the fanfics or gets upset with people i am the thirst queen okay and i i try to encourage a place for people to express themselves yes and be open about the fact that you enjoy bts and you could enjoy bts for substantial reasons 
but you can also just want to touch, you know, oh, the ripple on, you know, JK's test or, or just poke Yungi's booty a couple times to see if it jiggles. Like, you know, like, I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the negativity that uh, particularly Nuna stands get when it comes I mean, to thirsting because uh, we're gonna, it's I'm definitely gonna, I'm gonna... Uh, one rule for them, one rule for us. But yeah, I, I don't want to. Let me not jump ahead of what we're doing, but like I just wanted to say, like for what you were saying, that like just get out there and enjoy. Five people, absolutely. I think just to kind of do a little comment on that, it very much feels like, regardless of our age, regardless of our everything, the the thing a lot of people forget is that idols, especially in the Korean industry, are very much offering the boyfriend and girlfriend experience and this is how they make money so yeah. we are not wrong are. for falling yeah, into cycle right it's not wrong for us to feel what their agencies want. this is what yes. they're doing and whether bts specifically intend it that way or not we too are following into that because that is how they're designed and that is how that's what happens when you put a group of seven single eligible bachelors in a in one place and they're talented and they're good at what they do, and whatever, you are looking and at an idealized... I mean, let's be real. A lot of Western artists, are, 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 because now K-pop literally take over. Mm-hmm. A lot of these Western artists and these Western labels are looking at K-pop like, what are they doing that we're not mm-hmm. doing? Like, what is this magical potion? And yes, talent, hard work, actual training... You know, mm-hmm. all that stuff comes into play when it comes to the K-pop industry. Of course. But the, one of the biggest key components in keeping your fandom consistent is that parasocial relationship. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but that is a powerful tool to Very keep fans so. with you, okay? Mm-hmm. Using fan service, using this whole, like you said, the boyfriend experience, girlfriend experience. You know, Where, the live sessions that look like phone calls, that look like video that, calls, like all those little elements. Yeah, if you look at like the, the North American industry specifically, we get the opposite mm. over here. They are, celebrities are treated yeah. like, you know, untouchable, totally out of reach, totally not somebody we could totally ever go to. They are so, I mean hell, yeah. when they get a they get a relationship, they're literally putting that in your face too, which yeah. idols would never do. K pop idols will never parade no. their partner. Even the ones you know, who have gotten married you. and have kids. You don't yeah. even know what happens. you don't even know what's you don't going know on. what the girlfriend looks like, the wife, the child. Nobody. It's still kept as far away as possible. Yeah, but these Western artists, you know, look at look at. I'll use Justin Bieber as an example. His yeah. entire Instagram account these days is him and his wife, or which is I both they're married. Are they married? Him and Haley. Oh, but like, you know. she is in every aspect of his visuals. Every time you see J- Justin, you see his 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 wife. Exactly. So the fans have to just eat that, and it makes a very clear boundary that this is the person mm-hmm. I'm with. I kiss her in front of y'all, and y'all gonna have to just accept. It. They will never do that in K-pop. And the, they the need other, that parasocial. That other little thing that I find is they separate themselves from their fans, not just by their relationship statuses, but they also mm-hmm. have this little thing where it's like, you cannot come near me because I am better than y'all because I am the mm-hmm. star. Whereas yes. 
you could i could never see someone like speaking of like shitty canadian artists right now drake being somewhere right (laughs) there's no way that man would sign an autograph without having a stank face on on and being all like up his own ass and you know what i won't buy your goddamn album because i don't want to feed money into you being a dick to your fans Whereas exactly. BTS, they'll put out an album. If I only like three songs, I am buying the whole album. The whole album. Because of how they treat the fandom and the people they bump yeah. into. Yes. So it's like such a very different, it's such a very different level of respect because it feels like regardless of everything, K-pop as an industry understands that they need their fans to be loyal and loved and cared for to continuously receive their attention, their money, their their sincerity, their gifts, their whatever. And on the other side of the world, it's the exact opposite. They're like, I don't need y'all. It's like, actually, bruh, you, you do. do. <laughs> so, you do. It's maybe so one true. day they don't realize. But yeah, this is why I think a lot of us get totally off put by a lot of what's happening in North American and kind of, um, I, I'm going to say British, even though I don't mean just British Um pop because i know culturally in like mainland europe it's a little bit different but it's still not to the level of korea right so i think um i think the i mean people tend to get there are like clusters of of fans k-pop fans who will get very offended when you refer to k-pop as this business that requires us to spend our money Mm -hmm. and there are things that they have to do to keep you know the circle going and it doesn't take away from the artist's love of their fans. And that's one thing that these people who get very offended can't differentiate. You can be a businessman, businesswoman, or what have you, and have a business plan. But it doesn't take away from the fact that because you want to earn money doesn't mean you don't love what you do or have love for your, you know, your customer base or what have you when you look at it from a business standpoint. Um, but it's also why they have it, management because then they yes. can focus on the money things. I mean, look at their growth. Look at BTS's oh. move to to Hybe, and that they are now a humongous conglomerate. Like, like Hybe is a beast that is a now lady. owning a chunk of you know North American late, mm-hmm. uh, contracts and such. It's like, yeah, no, they're infiltrating nicely. Yeah, they're not they're not big hit the small little you know mom and pop freaking uh, uh label that's kind of counting their pennies anymore and people need to really wake up to that hive are huge now and they will they want to keep it that way they have investors oh yeah they need to keep you know happy so it is a business and there are business documents and we are part of that the parasocial is part of that the uh you know the whole fan service thing that's part of that and this is where i kind of get really excited sometimes when people try and do that oh it's just a business they're just doing it for your money and it's like you know what though at least they they at the very least appear grateful for that as opposed to a bunch of other artists lying around it's one of the reasons why we all love Coldplay so much it's one of the reasons why we end up loving a lot of the smaller PLC artists that have worked with them like we love them because they all have that very same um energy when it comes to dealing with their fans uh looking at kind of the indigo track list and the people that are are working with 
uh, Nam June, Erica Badu being I'm so sorry. Tall. You can probably hear my son. So it's sorry. totally fine. Don't worry. Um, Erica Badu being at the top. This is a woman who has like put in her time, done all the things, and she is one of the. In, I this might sound backwards. She has one of the smallest egos in the industry, even though she is very clearly a powerhouse and a foundation. Because she doesn't walk around swinging her virtual dick around and being an asshole, mm-hmm. someone like Namjoon, who has the same kind of energy, is going to be like, I would love to work with you. And you and I both know how respectfully he went to that woman. Yes. So this is where they're finding people who are like, oh, I want them to work with so-and-so. I'm like, they're not going to work with so-and-so because so-and-so is an asshole. It's no, it's no chance they went to work with Snoop Dogg. Snoop is another person who is very humble and very quiet about his his success and and where he came from so that all plays in together like they're not it's a business they're all trying to make some money but also they're now at a point where they really get to pick and choose who they're working with and they do the thing and i think i mean that's why uh indigo mm -hmm. Looks the way it looks when you saw that track list. Uh, oh, a lot of a lot of us lost our minds. That mm-hmm. is a very meticulously, passionately chosen uh, track list with features uh, that you would never have expected. That is not a industry album. I, that album is not to please you. Billboard or please no, no. anybody. That album is a passion project. Of Kim yes. Namjoon because he is in a position where he can say, "I'm releasing what I want to release. I am doing what I want, and y'all can just take it or leave it, and I don't care. Yeah. And you can, you can enjoy it or not, you know. Yep. I think you, you said it. I think you mentioned it that it very much felt like because on this podcast we have many times discussed the various kind of characteristics of each member, and one of the things is that secretly Namjoon is, you know. Part, half African American somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that you said this. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a running joke, but yeah. I mean, we all it's feel very strongly that his soul is very much embedded in the black community. <laughs> so this love letter of an album to his, you know, adoptive family. Of it's course. I'm just waiting to hear it. That teaser video, though. It's so soft. It's Can so talk soft. talk about it? I mean, it gave me the goose, the goosebumps, the warm and tingly, oh. the color, the coloring, and that warm feeling that, and it's just, just that simple shot of him walking. We see oh. that all the time. Do you notice, like, with Namjoon? He was Namjooning. He was Nam freaking Juning. <laughs> Namjoon was Namjooning. Like I'm telling you, he has put his hand in this. Everything you're gonna see from this album, Namjoon is on the forefront. Uh, just seeing the way they filmed him, just walking briskly from uh-huh. behind, I was like, "You chose this. You told the director, oh, yes. right? This is what I'm going to do." And that just whole beautiful, very, like rose goldy and blue that coloring. I'm like, as a photographer, oh, I do watching that. Yes. I'm like, this is, this is the epitome of photographic direction. And I know it was him. He probably had a whole mood board of artists oh, and paintings yes. that he's gone and seen and said, this is yes. what I want. But he's then, an artist. He's an artist. He may not actively paint, um, 
but I believe having an eye for art makes you an artist. It because does. not everyone can have an eye for I am so far from being visually artistic. I'm a writer, so for me that is my art. Um I can I can form words on a page and I you can, can describe it to it the nth degree, but like Oh my goodness, just to, yeah. to death basically. But like so Even please expect an his essay from Jen after Indigo comes out. It's going to yes, be like 10 Yes, Expect my thesis. <laughs> like, if we could all get a oh. degree in BTSology, we would be all... Come on. When are they going to add that to uh, the top universities? Uh, uh, um, you know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly. Well, we but it's actually, really- it's interesting because there are some professors who, over the years, I've heard have, like, inputted, like, mm-hmm. things to do with BTS in some of their their work for their students and stuff. Like, I've heard about that. Like, very subtle things. But it's very just, much a, BTS's a reach is huge. Yes. They are. Like, they to, are. to kind of, here we go, tangent upon tangent, and it's fine because this is what we do here. Um <laughs> Basically what I find interesting, and this is what I always try to explain to people that don't understand, like my ex had no clue. He was like, I don't get why you're into these, you know, little Asian men. I'm like, little nothing. They're as tall as you are. He's six foot two, first of all. But also it's, right? Completely. So I find what it is, is that, and I'll compare them to the Beatles. And I know some people will really get up their own ass about it. As much as the, the Beatles were not my thing. Aside from a song, like, I didn't grow up listening to them. They weren't something that I don't find them as appealing, although I understand their kind of cultural gravitas. And so, like, not to put them down or anything. But we Mm. haven't seen anything equivalent since then, and BTS is doing it. Um, Something we also talk about quite often here is, you know, everyone will do the BTS paved the way. And as much as I agree to a point, that is only 70% accurate in my brain. Because there are other people that came ahead of them that laid foundations that they were then able to take a tiny little path and plow it into a highway. Mm-hmm. Um, collaborations with, like, we have to kind of talk about EXO and their reach and G-Dragon had kind of collabing with Missy Elliott and a bunch of other people heading out of Korea and exploring mm-hmm. into the rest of the world. So it's not to say that that wasn't valid, but kind of, these boys kind of crawled through that same path and then blew it wide open for everybody else. So that's a whole other yes, I, discussion. That's I, another episode. I mean, it's such a, it's a sense that it's another episode, but I mean, it I, is. It, that is a big part of K-pop culture right now mm-hmm. is the argument about the BTS paved the way uh, catchphrase. And I'll call it a catchphrase because at the end of the day, my memory from being an older army or a, a 2015 army, uh, I was around when we began using that phrase, BTS paved the way. So it's pretty mm-hmm. cool that I can say I had perspective from before that was even a thing. That was created uh, mm-hmm. from my perspective of it when I would see on Twitter, because back then it was a war zone. We were constantly mm-hmm. warring with other um Uh, other fandoms and whatnot so for me uh i could understand when people started using the bts paved the way is when we began winning you know the awards we started actually you know the day songs were coming in we were making an imprint things were happening 
So it was a celebratory thing. It wasn't yeah. actually used at first to mock other bands. We were just celebrating BTS by saying, oh my God, they paved the way. Kings, King, you know. Then people another kind of breed of armies that, you know, came about began turning it into this, they weaponized it. And that I do not agree with. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of get upset and I always end up having this, whenever it comes up in discussion in our podcast, I have to reiterate it because again, I kind of, I, I always go into our podcast with the assumption that you've never heard another one before. So this might yeah. be your first one. There's a lot of episodes out there. I don't expect everybody to go back, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very much a, we get what people are trying to say with it and having it weaponized by people who are not fans, but fanatic is mm. where the distinction lies and it's like i don't yeah. want to be a part of that i don't want to be part of the say sayings that are chasing them down at an airport i don't want to be a part of the people that think the sun shines out of namjoon's rear end we all do to a point but also they have made mistakes and they have had bad moments and they have had their own struggles it wasn't all peaches and cream the whole time so also, not at least not to sweat and tears no. in that moment. I, um, <laughs> I understand the whole thing, 100%. I, so I, I agree with you. It's just, yeah, it's the, the, that's where I kind of get upset and why I like bringing it up when we kind of come to that point. Now, having said that and put that mm. there, they absolutely are now in paving the way mode because you know ever since the un stuff and ever since now yeah. with jk and fifa and Coldplay and the grammy nominations and yeah. all the grammys is another podcast by the way um, oh, no. let me bite my tongue i was about to say what i normally say when the grammys come up i'm not i don't want cut yeah. <laughs> all the time on this podcast go right ahead all i know is <laughs> I'm going to say this. If they win only because of my universe, I hope no- Yungi takes that statue and shoves it up the Academy's rear end. I That's said to somebody, I need Yungi to do a Kanye and pee on that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I need him to do a Kanye I and pop that him. straight in the, ba- in the bathroom, toilet, and pee. Uh-huh. Just pee I just want over. him to put it at the <laughs> very bottom of that big hive wall. I need it to go at the very bottom in the back <laughs> where nobody can see it because <gasps> over the hundreds of other ones that are in there, who actually cares? It was mm-hmm. just a notch on the belt or the bedpost. We came, Honestly. we saw, we gave you. We conquered a- and we'll see you later. Like, period. Yes. 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 So, I mean, oh. it, 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 it's the institution of the Grammys is not what it used to be. No, um, no, no, no. Let me say, this is for a whole nother pod, but um, I would be proud of them. Regar- I'm proud of them regardless. I don't need for the Grammy board to validate BTS ever. No, for me, because- I think the fact that they went back for two performances and literally the entire uh, viewership dropped the minute they were done. To me, they won. <laughs> like, Let me evil laugh here. <laughs> and then we took them away ever so easily. So goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Screw that. But yes, it is, it is, you know, this is, see, this is all a very, a very clever overture to bring us to where we need to be, which is this album is going to be 
life-altering for army i fear yes. and that's a good thing and a bad thing because for the armies who are, are open yeah because I, I think for the armies who are open because it's going to be different sure. and the army tends to struggle with things that aren't the same you know a lot of armies are still wanting bts to sound the way they did in 2017 2016 and i think a lot of us are gonna have to be very open and receive this album for what it is and truly Which is a understand love Andrew's vision. Yes. yes and this man has been crying over this album and its creation for a long time i think I mean, that's one of the main reasons he sobbed when they announced that they were going on mm. the fake hiatus by the way imagine the purge you know, yeah. this was the journal of his 20s. Do you know mm-hmm. how big that is? This man's about to be in his 30s. And he's journaled his 20s in this album. And the purge, that feeling, that free feeling that you get when you, you purge all yeah. of those stories out of you. We're, we're, we should be honored to be able to listen to such an yeah. intimate part of him. Yes, definitely. I cannot wait, Terry. Honestly. Neither can I. I think I think we may have to drag you back next week so you can join in oh, on the chaos while we all I sob. would love it. I am I so thank you so much for having me on the pod. Oh, honestly. at this point, this I might just wonderful. make you a regular and call it because ugh, <laughs> you know, I have to this say, has been so fun. Absolutely. One of the one of the other kind of mic drop moments for me mm. after watching many award seasons and watching them kind of shocked to collect their day sayings after day sayings. Okay, mm. is the fact that only Hobie showed up. Yes, and. That was the only person collecting the six day sayings that they walked away with. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And only because the man was destroying the stage with that epic performance. Because to me, that's that's another mic drop moment. That is a moment where literally they just said, guess what? We don't even, we we can't be bothered to even be here. You're not even getting a recorded message. Hobie's going to come and say hello because he's, he's there. The rest mm-hmm. of us are kind of busy right now. I'm so glad you noticed that. That's one of the uh-huh. first things I said. They didn't even record one little pre-recorded sitting at the high studios message. And they could have been in their lot. pajamas. Oh, 100%. I wanted a text That's message terrible. from like... <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think their lucky Jin picked up the phone. Oh <laughs> Wouldn't that have been hilarious if Jim was like, yeah, nah. <laughs> Right now, goodbye. <laughs> oh, but no, I mean, um, they've done, and they're just, they just continue to own their stuff, you know, like yes. they just continue to own, and they're just walking on a whole nother plane now, doing what they want to do. I am all for this new BTS uh, chapter two. It's not just about the thirst; it's about their freedom. It is about their their ascension into properly. Yes, yes. And I think that's the one good thing about kind of the riches and the fame that have come at this point where now it's mm-hmm. no longer about anybody but what they want to do. And yes, that's they've what they made their money. They, they, you know, they've made their, their millions. Yeah, it's, they don't need to worry about this. Not in the least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I'm waiting to see if uh, our, our recording gets interrupted. <laughs> I'm half expecting it to be like, no more. Oh, no? Okay. Like, like it cuts us off? Oh. Yeah, sometimes. I thought, I thought it might cut us off at 90. That's what I thought. <laughs> and I was just like, do we need to pause this for a minute? No, but it seems to be giving us a little more time. Um, so the other kind of thing, talking about kind of moving forward, and they, they did amazing with their um, awards. Here's the fun part. 
Hobie at Mama's, his his performance. I, 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 you'll see in the, our little document, I have a little note there and I watched this and I watched it three times over before my brain finally computed what I was looking at. So he comes into more wearing, also let's not talk about how hot this man looked. It just, oh, I hate that he's a wrecker now. Okay. So <laughs> he comes in looking like a million bucks, looking like the Hobie that we know who dominates that stage even when the other six members are with him, if he is in that mode, right? So he walks along and he has his crew of dancers that are all dressed in black. And suddenly they do that shot from above. And it occurs to me that it's very reminiscent of the box in Interlude Shadow and Yungi's video. Yungi is on top of the box. And it ah. leads into... Hobie blowing that box up. Oh. And it, I'm, I've got goosebumps just talking about it. Oh, I my was gosh. watching it over and over, and I'm like, these bastards. <laughs> <laughs> these that was so, don't we say that often, though? You, time, you. 17 times a day. <laughs> I hear you. This is what I keep telling people about Bang PD as well, because I know if they're all going to him with their ideas, this man is the guy who holds the role of the red thread. He sits there and he's like, well, you're going to do this and then we're going to connect it like this. And then, you know, that thing that you're doing, but Jimin's doing that. We're going to connect it like that. And then he keeps moving them around because I know, I know Namjoon has the ability to do that, but I fear that it's a lot for him. So mm. it feels to me as though they are literally, he is the man that sits in the back and goes, <clears throat> that could connect to that, and then walks off and lets them think it's their idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is, I think, I where he's been that. clever. And they found a way, intentional or not, but I'm going to go with intentional because, A, Yoongi and Hosok have one brain cell, and we all know this. Um, that connection between how that that was put together and then how the the um jack-in-the-box kind of vibe was set about is mind-boggling to me so i'm waiting now for indigo to drop mm-hmm. so i can find the threads that lead back to bts as well so you like, think that the, yes i mean he, they're a big part of his life mm-hmm. so they're gonna be a, a segment of his 20s no in some mm-hmm. way we'll maybe see a connection like I don't think it's gonna be obvious I think that's what they do is that you find it in subtle ways whether it's gonna be a music video coming out there's a visual to connect it or Mm. if there's gonna be a lyric like airplane part one and airplane part two those were that's where the theory armies come in theory armies this is your time (laughs) get ready because there's gonna be a lot of things we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week so like here we are oh i can't believe we actually managed to like get through all the stuff that we had on our list to talk about i'm so glad i'm so glad we did because i'm a i I, listen i'm a waffler and when i'm enjoying conversation i can talk and i kept telling myself then you just let terry lead this 
and you just don't talk too much and don't, you know. No, I'm so glad. This is, this has been so I just don't know how you how you manage to achieve one, two, and three minute TikToks where you actually are concise because I waffle too, and I could never. The joy of editing, but also I had to really learn because when I first started doing K-pop TikToks, I was like having to like redo videos because I just couldn't. I was like, how do put it all into one? They need to do in one little video. But with time, you do figure out how to just be nice and to the point and not Mm -hmm. draw things out too much, you know, because the attention span of people is very short. So you can't be talking for too long. And this is why we're ridiculous in these podcasts. And I feel like we all jump around and let it flow naturally because I know for a fact, if we were trying to make this like some very organized thesis, people would get bored with us because we can all waffle too. <laughs> so this is why it sounds like you're sitting in a cafe having a chit chat with your girlfriends and it doesn't sound I like love so that. Like I think that's awesome. analytical stuff. Oh, so Jen, my darling, it has been the utmost pleasure having you. I am absolutely going to be dragging Aww. you back. And I'm going to make sure you my pleasure. Thank you so much. I have loved this time. We are going to do this again. (laughs) And you are going to, you know, we're going to make those podcasts. I think that we analyze the hell out of other things too. Because I think we need to do that. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's all useful because there's so much to, to, to get through this. Mm -hmm. So much, um, so many layers. So, uh, this Com- is just wonderful, and uh, this has been such an experience. Thank you, thank you, thank you me. so much. So, thank ladies you. and gents, do it better. Thank you for coming, and we will all be around next week at some point. I used to do the same in a time, same in a channel, but we've been a bit bit busy, and Christmas is coming, so we'll see you as soon as we can next week. <laughs> as soon as it's possible. Life is life, so exactly. <laughs> Uh, thank you everybody and thank you for having a a wonderful kind of sit down with Jen and myself tonight it's been great thank you everybody Bye. bye thank you once again for tuning in to the hot mess that is the Nunes Do It Better podcast to make sure you don't miss any of our weekly shenanigans make sure you are subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you enjoyed our show please be sure to give us a like and a five star review you can keep up with us when we aren't recording by following us on Twitter at NunasDIB and Instagram and Facebook at NunasDoItBetter. Do It Better.